0: Hi, I'm Hope Howard, and I'm your host of Pitchin, a new podcast from Missouri Business Alert. For this project, we followed three student entrepreneurs over three months as they prepared to pitch their businesses in a competition with $30,000 on the line. Madeline McKernan, Michelle's daughter, and I created this podcast all about student entrepreneurs because they're different. Instead of spending their time tailgating or going to the bars, these students are taking calls from venture capitalists or building prototypes. They are launching their careers all while balancing their academics, friendships, relationships, part-time jobs, not to mention finding free time to enjoy life. It's a lot more than you'd think. These student entrepreneurs are part of an accelerator program, which in the world of startups is a program that provides early stage businesses the resources they need to grow such as mentorship and guidance. At the end of the University of Missouri Entrepreneur Quest Student Accelerator Program, these students will pitch their startups to a panel of judges, and those judges will decide who gets the seed money that could take these ideas to the next level. Of the dozens of participants from across Missouri competing in the program, we've gotten to know three promising entrepreneurs. In the months leading up to the final pitches, these three entrepreneurs have hit the ground running, preparing hard for the competition. We've learned that each of these entrepreneurs have vastly different business ideas, yet they all share a similar struggle. One of the biggest? Time. No one knows this better than Greg Beer. Greg is an entrepreneurship professor at MU, and he helped organize the program. He also coaches a handful of the entrepreneurs while trying to keep them all on track for the competition. I've begun to realize that our student entrepreneurs are like student-athletes. They are struggling to balance their work schedule, to pay bills while they go through college, going to class, doing homework, and oh, by the way, they're working on this venture on the side. From how these entrepreneurs will balance their time to how they came up with their original ideas in the first place, this podcast will take you through the ups and downs of launching a business from the perspective of young adults who are figuring it out as they go. So without further ado, let's introduce them to you.
1: Hi, my name is Libby Martin. I'm the founder of Calving Technologies, and I'm a first-year veterinary medical student.
0: Libby's main goal? She's attempting to bring farmers into the 21st century with new technology. And our next entrepreneur is wrangling a whole different animal, the law.
1: Hi, my name is Brian Huck. I'm the founder of LawKate. I just graduated in December, and I studied biological engineering.
0: Brian's idea is essentially a location-based app that gives information about local laws. He's trying to simplify the lives of everyday people, which leads us to our final entrepreneur. He is developing an app that will act as a virtual passport.
1: Hi, I'm Drew Patel, and I'm the founder of Identifying.me. I'm 19 years old and a freshman, and I'm studying computer science.
0: Drew is the youngest of the group. His idea is to make it easier for a person to verify their identity. Well, it's a little more complicated than that, but we'll let him explain that to you later. These entrepreneurs are all trying to solve big problems, but their ideas are all very different from each other. And that's why this episode, we are going to dive into the light bulb moment each of these entrepreneurs had that sparked the idea for their startup. I got the opportunity to get to know Libby throughout the past few months. So one of our producers, Madeline, is in the studio to help me explain a little bit more about her. To understand how she came up with this idea, you have to know where she's from. Hope, can you tell me a little bit more about Libby? Yeah, so Libby grew up in California, California, Missouri, that is, on a small family farm raising cattle. Not only did her upbringing on a farm inspire her to become a veterinarian for large animals, but inspired her to create her company, Calving Technologies. Before talking to Libby for the first time, I wanted to get a better sense of what her company did. And in a bunch of articles she did with other journalists, she kept bringing up this thing called the paper towel method. She describes it as the reason she decided to become an entrepreneur. So I wanted to know more. You talked about this paper towel method.
1: Oh, yeah. Talk to me more about that. Yeah, so the paper towel is what I like to tell people about. So I grew up watching my brother, my grandpa, my family take notes on paper towels. So like a lot of times people will have, it sounds crazy, but a lot of times people will have a roll of shop towels in their trucks. And it's just something that's in there. And you just grab one and you take notes on it.
0: And she explained to me that these notes on the towels are crucial to a farmer's livelihood because they track the health of their cows. In 2015, Libby's family couldn't keep track of all of their cows, especially the ones that were pregnant. If a pregnant cow goes into labor in the middle of the night and a farmer isn't aware, the calf will likely die.
1: So it's very ineffective. And like right now we're going into like calving season. It's cold and they're freezing to the ground. They're not prepared if they need a C-section. You don't get there in time. It's just a huge, funny loss.
0: In simple words, Libby explains her invention as a Fitbit for cows. The device can monitor things like heart rate and blood pressure, which can be vital in the middle of the night if a cow is going to give birth. A farmer can sleep soundly, knowing they'll be alerted if the cow seems like it's about to go into labor. And this problem isn't just affecting Libby's family. According to the USDA, out of 31 million cows in the U.S., 10% die from dystocia. That's another word for calving difficulty, and Libby's device could
1: fix this. And it's crazy. It sounds really crazy, and it's ineffective, but I'm trying to change that. That is why it's been going on since 2015, because when I tell you, it took an array of people saying, if it's not there, you should do it. And I was like, how has somebody not come up with this yet?
0: Obviously, that's the dream as an entrepreneur, to have that aha moment that could solve a problem. And our second entrepreneur, Brian Huck, was lucky enough to experience the same thing, too.
1: I always use the phrase, if life is a game, we all deserve to know the rules. You know, you're not going to play a board game where you don't have a rule book for everything that you're allowed to do in there.
0: And that's what Brian's idea is, to create an app that's basically a rule book, telling people the laws in any given jurisdiction. And Brian was telling us this would come in handy in a whole bunch of situations, when you're on a vacation in an unfamiliar state, or maybe if you're hunting or fishing in an unfamiliar area. Brian's own experiences have helped him to come up with an idea that he believes can solve problems just like this.
1: And I, I really learned about everything um, through, through just my interaction with the law about how, like, okay, when I moved to Columbia, things are much different here if I'm going to do anything. You know, like if I'm going to ride a moped, I need a helmet here, but in St. Louis, you don't and there's just so many things like that that I just got experience experience with over and over again that I was like, okay, something's really going on here. There's way more laws that changed than I thought.
0: Like many entrepreneurs, Brian came up with this idea by realizing there was a need for it in his life, which led him to realize it's not just him who could benefit from his app.
1: Um, I would say some of my friends in college that were getting in trouble with different laws or whatnot um, kind of helped me see some things. And then um, just online, seeing other people struggle with the same sort of thing.
0: Ryan's desire to help people in those circumstances was the inspiration for his business. If he wins the $30,000, he can finish developing the app. Our last entrepreneur is Drew. Drew's different from Libby and Brian because he is what some people call a serial entrepreneur, which means he generates and pursues a lot of business ideas at once. Identifying.me, it's just one of many. This particular idea all started after a high school dance when he impulsively bought a plane ticket to a hackathon in D.C. At hackathons, you pitch an idea to your peers in order to find a team to program it and develop it into a product. On this last-minute flight to D.C., Drew still didn't have any ideas for what he was trying to create at this competition. He said that he normally thinks of his ideas in the shower and jots them down in his notes on his phone when he gets out. On that plane ride to D.C., that's where his shower notes came in handy.
1: I knew what the two endpoints are, blockchain and this API that's sponsoring it. So I know the two endpoints. So just finding the middleman, which is quite simple. It's like, okay, let's connect these two. So it wasn't really a streak of brilliance. It was just me... I need to figure out what I'm about to do here so I don't waste time.
0: And on the plane, he was able to come up with an idea to hopefully fix this need using blockchain. In simplest terms, blockchain is a digital public ledger. Drew is using this technology to help verify identities, and he hopes identifying.me will win him the prize money. But before I get too far ahead of myself, let me have him explain a little bit more about his idea.
1: So this app is literally taking your identity, your ID, your passport, whatever, I'm putting that on a mobile device or into bringing it into the digital world. So now you can use this ID anywhere.
0: So in short, it's basically an app that can verify your identity in one location, and then you can use that app to verify your stuff anywhere? Yeah,
1: Yeah, online and offline.
0: Okay, so obviously after listening to a bit about all of these entrepreneurs, you can tell that they came up with their ideas differently, either from lived experience or rushed creativity. And it doesn't matter because great ideas come in all shapes and sizes. But whether they are all worth $30,000, well, that's too soon to say. Thanks for listening to this episode of Pigeon. In the next episode, we'll learn more about how every startup has a different idea of what a team should look like and what works best for their company. From producers Madeline McKernan and Michelle Stoddard, I'm Hope Howard. Thank you to our supervising editor, Michael Stacey. You'll see us on the next episode of Pitching.